0: Welcome to Biohack Your Beauty. I'm your host, Dora Vandekamp, and I'm here to help you find the most powerful beauty biohacks, nutrition principles, lifestyle habits, and spiritual practices for optimal well-being. My podcast offers tools to help you discover how to exude inner and outer beauty, how to design a life of deep sensuality, joyful relationships, divine adventures, and freedom from disease. Most of all, I created this podcast to join you in co-creating a better world by standing in our own power and emanating our own authentic beauty. Let's biohack the mind, body, and soul, and let's do it together. What if there was someone who could tune into your energy field and tell you exactly how to find inner peace, or how to heal yourself from a chronic disease, a life threatening illness, or a broken heart? Have you ever wondered if you might be psychic? I've often wondered myself. When I heard Dr. Noor's story, I knew I had to connect with her. Dr. Daganit Noor is a world-renowned spiritual teacher, clairvoyant, doctor of acupuncture, writer, and lecturer. Besides recently being named Top 15 Intuitives Globally by Gwyneth Paltrow's publication Goop, Noor has been featured in the New York Times, Vanity Fair, Vogue, and Elle, amongst other reputable publications. Dr. Noor has effectively treated thousands of cases, including illnesses such as cancer, HIV, and autoimmune disorders. She's also treated chronic physical ailments such as paralysis and neuropathy with miraculous results. Embodied through Nirvana's mission statement, expand your light, expand your life, Dr. Noor is committed to spreading love and peace globally. Dr. Noor knows world peace starts with inner peace and is devoted to being of service to others. On this episode, we discover how Dr. Noor discovered she was psychic and how you can find out whether you're psychic too. We also touch on past lives, Akashic records, how to block out bad juju, how to develop your own psychic abilities, and much more. I would also like to tell you about one of my most favorite beauty products by Shizandu, a line of the highest quality wild crafted, which is huge for me, and organic products. I want to tell you about Shizandu's Wild Crafted More Mud Mask. And the reason I love it so much is because it's really 100% pure. It's full of herbs, flowers organic compounds, humic and fulvic acid, and naturally occurring essential oils, and yet it's still 100% pure mud. It's raw and refined, and I just love how it makes my face feel soft, hydrated, and it makes my pores invisible. So I recommend going to their site, shazandu.com, use discount code DORA for 12% off of your order. Alright, I know you're super excited to listen to this podcast episode, so without further ado, Dr. Deganit Noor. Welcome to the show, Deganit. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing wonderful, Dora. Thank you so much for having me and for the opportunity to share my story with you. <laughs> Yay! So
0: I want to start with the question that you probably get asked very often, which is how did you get into all this? How did you realize you had these abilities?
1: Um, Yeah, it is definitely one of the more frequently asked questions as well as how do I pronounce my name, um, which you got perfectly. Uh, So I was just really emotional as a kid, and I didn't realize that I was being highly intuitive. I just knew that I could cry at the drop of a hat, and I'd wake up okay, and then enter a room and get flooded by all these feelings that were really confusing to me, and then enter a different room and feel a totally different way. And so I sought out meditation at the age of 17, and that definitely helped. It helped calm my inner environment. Um, But fast forward three years, and I had a meditation teacher notice that that I was still kind of like struggling with the meditation. He was like, you're one of the... Like I would show up religiously, I was loving it, I was meditating hours a day and um and I still I feel like probably presented with a lot of pain and a lot of <laughs> internal conflict and struggle. So he was like, What's going on? And I was like, look, I love the meditation, but I just wish I could feel this way when I'm in class, I was an undergrad at the time, like when I'm in school, when I'm out being social, like how do I maintain this feeling? <laughs> how can I keep this even when I'm not meditating? And he was like, I think something different is going on. And he was the first to suggest maybe I'm an empath and that I was picking up on environmental energy and that uh, while the meditation was nice to create a new environment within, if I'm still an energy sponge and picking up on all of this environmental energy, it's kind of like I'm destroying that ecosystem that I've built within every time I open my eyes, you know? <laughs> and so, so then I got turned on to another teacher. I was living in California at the time and after... I- undergrad, I moved back up to Northern California and there's this school called the Berkeley Psychic Institute. And I started studying with one of its teachers, not at the actual Berkeley Psychic Institute, but one of the teachers. And, um, it changed my whole life. Like I didn't realize how intuitive I was until I started taking those courses. And then I started giving all my classmates, psychic readings, all my friends, psychic readings. And it, not only were the readings accurate and effective and helped heal others, they helped me better direct and focus this energy. So I had power and control over the energy instead of the energy having power and control over me. It gave me like an on off switch so I could turn it off when I was just like partying with my friends or going to class or just being a normal human and I can turn it on for the sessions. And, um, yeah. And and it, Like, I always joke that my friends launched my career because I was pre-dental at the time and I was still on path to becoming a dentist. But before I knew it, I had this thriving clairvoyant practice. And I was like, yo, if I can actually, if this is actually practical and sustainable, I'm going to do this. Like, I'm not. Totally.
0: Dentist, um, psychic. (laughs) Totally go with psychic. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. How cool. Did you have any resistance, like? Was there any part of you that was like, "Uh, oh, do I want to do this?" Cuz I mean, especially when did you start this? What what how old were you? Like what was your age?
1: Like 24 when I started
0: reading others. Okay, yeah. so and then what was your feeling about it? Did you feel kind of scared what people were going to think?
1: Dora, you must be psychic too. Because <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like at first, um, I only read the classmates because I didn't want to tell any of my friends what I was up to. And I was such a nerd and I was big into science. And so I did definitely have and also I was a weirdo and a creative at that same time but it was two different like I had my school friends and then I had my social friends if that makes sense Mm -hmm. so it was my social friends who knew all parts of me that I started the psychic readings with and and there's still some people um I've just changed so much on account of the path and not changed that much like I've just become more and more authentically myself so um some friendships have changed, but yes, to better answer your question, I was totally terrified. Um, again, if you think like I was pre dental, I was on track to, you know, like very Western, very regimented, very like, um, different way of thinking and presenting in the world to being a psychic (laughs) and reading energy. And I talked to dead people all day and now I can own it and talk about it. But it used to be when people asked me what I did, I'd like shy down and look down and be like, well, I do this weird thing. And um, some people believe in it. Some people don't. And I just didn't I would evade the question. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't even to answer it. And this is years after doing it professionally, even and having a successful practice. Still, if a stranger met me on the streets, I, I was embarrassed and I didn't want them to devalue me or discredit my work and mm-hmm. what I've devoted my whole life to mm-hmm. um, because of its own negative connotations in the world.
0: You know? Did you find was your family like resistant to it at all? Did you yeah, they were kind of like, um I, we we picked dentist <laughs>
1: yeah I have a very traditional conservative family and I actually got the gift from my grandmother I think my mom's pretty psychic too but she hides it but the first thing my grandmother said was like okay so this is cool but we can't tell anyone (laughs) um she totally knew and she was like and, and she opened up and was telling me about her own psychic stories but um like very much like we can't tell anyone this is, um, old world stuff. We now live in a modern age where education and advancements are more revered and a more Western thought paradigm. So just don't, you know, you can practice it on your own, but just don't make a career out of it. Don't tell anyone about it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, is it always something that's ancestral? Like, is it passed down or, or is it just something that you think that, Somehow you kind of were nurtured into that by your grandmother.
1: I think we're all born psychic. I think we all have the gift and more than anything, what's passed down is conditioning and like... um ways to take us away from it. And it comes through in many forms, like discipline could be an act of love, like your parents dressing you up to fit in with the other kids so that you have that sense of belonging and you thrive in school. But meanwhile, it could take away from your self-expression and your intuition all the same time. And so, um, more, I think we're all psychic and what's passed down is how to squash it. Like that's what was passed down to me more than the psychic gifts was was more how to mute it, how to turn it off. Like even my psychic grandmother um, who totally affirmed that I was gifted was still telling me to hide it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if people started talking about it more. I wouldn't be surprised if more and more of their family members were like, oh, I once had a dream or this one crazy thing once happened
0: to me or I kind of believe because, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's also kind of interesting I think for centuries, religion has really suppressed all of that in so many different ways. And so I think that that part of the conditioning is very fear based, too, because a lot of people, they think, girl, if you start talking to the another spirit or whatever, you're messing with God, like you're going to go to hell or whatever. So people, there's a lot of fear, I think, around that. And people used to get burned at the stake for this kind of thing
1: absolutely and I receive messages for social media platforms all the time like how can you live with yourself
0: wow oh my gosh really I mean I guess I shouldn't be surprised but it's still kind of like surprising in a way in 2018 that people
1: are this um I guess like self-righteous, like I just don't know when religion started teaching people how to judge others and um, I thought it was all about love, Mm -hmm. you know, but
0: uh, (laughs) yeah,
1: I always get messages about what a horrible person I am all the time
0: (laughs) and how I'm competing with God.
1: (laughs) Okay. Okay. Well, that's good.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And that's (laughs) your response, right? Like, you just kind of like, well, there's nothing I can really do to change your mind. It's just, it is what it is. Yeah. I just laugh it off
1: and delete and block them. Um, Yeah, and I actually feel bad for them because obviously they're suffering. Like, why would you go to the effort of seeking other people out and Mm -hmm. shaming them and guilting them and, like, making them feel bad about something they've devoted their lives to, you know? Totally.
0: Well, you know, people who comment on other posts on Instagram like that. I mean, I don't know. Go, go do something. Go outside. I wish I had the time. Like I
1: wish I had that sort of time on my hands. Yes, exactly.
0: Go outside. Go for a hike.
1: Yeah. How about connect with your own divinity and stop judging others for theirs? Yeah.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So what are some of the questions that you're asked? Because people must come in and ask you all sorts of questions. So what are some of the questions that people come in and ask you?
1: Absolutely love. Um, Everyone always asks about their love life, no matter what. Love, career, finances, and then I'd say about 30% 30% of my client population is people wanting to connect with lost loved ones, people who have transitioned, crossed over, or people wanting to learn how to connect with those people on their own in a home daily practice. So, um, love above all. And I think that's really beautiful because I have clients clear across the globe. Um, and it's just, a common human denominator, you know, like we're all we want is to love and be loved. And it's amazing without a doubt, even if it's, I have like people in finance, I have like every single demographic, but everyone always asks about love,
0: oh my whether gosh.
1: they're single or partnered, that that's always a question.
0: Yes. One of the things we go through love, right. And we go through these relationships. And the reason why personally, this is what I believe is we're growing, right? So here we are going through this excruciating pain. Probably breakups are the worst pain besides grief, because it is kind of a form of grief that we go through. But I think yeah. for a lot of people, breakups are where like the, the goodies are at, because that's where you grow the most. That's where you find yourself. That's where you become your most authentic self. Um, you go back and you kind of like deal with stuff that maybe you've been avoiding so there's a lot of stuff there how do you help someone kind of through that and what is your process in um like do you listen to your guides do they tell the person what they should do or what's causing the pain or what's kind of the process for that
1: everyone's a little bit different there's a few um catch-all tools that I'll have, like, there's an herbal formula that's great for heartbreak that I'll often prescribe um, when appropriate, and it is often appropriate. There's a thing called a completion exercise that I have on my blog. It's this three-letter series that helps people get really complete with the breakup. And and like you said, it is grieving. So it's like also um, burying parts of themselves. Like There's this beautiful Anais Nin quote that says um, something along the lines of, with each new friend, a new world is born, and we'd never know of that world had we not Had this relationship had we not met that person and so when you're breaking up with someone you're also breaking up with that world that consciousness that whole way of existing and way of being you're never going to be that partner ever again to another person you'll still be a great partner but not that specific partner you know so it's you're definitely breaking up with parts of yourself you know um so there's like a few catch-all things that I would suggest for anyone and whenever I'm teaching this stuff in workshops it'll be more a, a little bit more of this broad generalized way to uh, go through the commonalities of breakups one-on-one in sessions it goes all over the place I think oftentimes people like just a little bit of understanding the cosmic connection why why did I have to meet this person what I I get out of it how how am I forever changed on account of this because sometimes when you're in the thick of it you forget you lose sight of the purpose of it and you're like all this pain Why, why? So oftentimes I'll address that a little bit without going into it it can be a little bit tricky because people want to know well um you know, where is the ex at? Have they moved on? You know, and that can be unhelpful. Like it can just not be really, it's like going down an Instagram rabbit hole of the ex and then their new partner. And then they're mm-hmm. like, it's just not, I, that's not the
0: type of psychic I am. Yeah. <laughs> okay. No, that's, that's probably good. Cause it's not very productive in the long run anyway, really,
1: it's really not productive. So I'll just go into, this is why you had to meet and this is why you had to break up. Fast forward or like moving into the future, you're of course you're gonna fall in love again. I've only seen um two people where I saw them not falling in love again, and that was in their highest order. But for the most part, it's like of course you're gonna fall and I've had like thousands and tens of thousands of sessions. So out of like tens of thousands, I've only seen two souls where I'm like, I don't think you're actually gonna get partnered up again, but this is why that's a benefit to you and mm-hmm. of service to this life. Um for the most part, I'm like, of course you're gonna fall in love again. This This is when I see it. This is how I see it. This is why I see it. And this is how this relationship is helping with that future relationship. And this is how that breakup is helping with your career. This is how the breakup is helping with your friendships or your health. Like I always, um, I'll zoom out and put it in perspective so that, that's not their only, sometimes people get with any sort of pain, people start identifying as the pain. So if you're coming in with like a broken leg and so you haven't been able to walk for a month, sometimes like people will overly identify
0: and be like, well, I'm a cripple. And it's like, "No, that's not true. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Don't, you don't want to manifest that. So stop thinking that right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, it. it's not your identity. So you're a little bit slower than you used to be. You're still really smart. You're still lovely. You're, there's still all this to you that you're getting um confused about or like a little bit narrow minded about. So I'll usually like zoom out and show them how this one thing, this one chapter fits into like the bigger book of their life and why it was actually a good thing or the silver lining behind it.
0: And how do you hear this? Like, what is your experience? Do you see things? Do you hear them? Like, what's that? What does that look like?
1: So going back to my how I got into this I was feeling everything all the chakras are psychic centers and before I knew I was psychic I was picking up on psychic information through my second chakra which is the feelings chakra so I'd feel everything and that's why I was crying all day every day <laughs> and and then through the clairvoyant training process the intuition training process that I went through that I now teach I teach it over the phone um and I elevated my consciousness and my psychic abilities up to my sixth chakra, which is the seeing chakra, not the feeling chakra. So now I receive psychic messages through images. And for me, it's like watching TV. I just close my eyes and like get to watch psychic TV. And it's really amazing.
0: (laughs) I wish I could tune in. That sounds so cool
1: everyone, everyone, everyone can and and this, so I have the telecourse now which I've had for like three, four years now um, but besides that I take teach workshops all the time and little one-offs and I'm writing a book on it actually um, but every student that I've ever had and I've had thousands of students now even if they're not seeing like even if the t- the course doesn't help them develop their clairvoyance so they're not receiving the messages in the form of images they're at least working that same chakra so they're hearing the messages or they're just simply knowing um, so everyone all of my students have reported an increase Increased connection with their intuition because again, I think we're all intuitive and it's just about turning up the volume on the intuition and turning down the volume on the outside environment that's competing with your intuition. Mm -hmm. And so everyone has definitely tapped into their intuition and used it for navigating day-to-day life and the majority of the students have been able to see pick up on psychic imagery and messages through the images as well.
0: So what is one thing that somebody could do to kind of improve their tu- their tuning in with their psychic abilities
1: um. Okay. Well, the first thing that comes to mind is journaling just because journaling kind of like slows it down often. So psychic information, energy moves instantaneously. It's so fast and our minds are a little bit more slow. It takes us a little bit of, um, like they say hindsight's 2020, right? So like mm-hmm. <laughs> we're just a little bit more slow than energy is uh-huh. just, a, just, <laughs> a just a little, a <laughs> little, um, have you heard of this practice, um, of morning pages from the book, the artist way? No, I highly recommend this book. It's called the artist way. And, um, in it, she has this pra- practice. Julia Cameron, uh, has this practice called morning pages where every morning you write for three pages straight. And you could be writing about anything like it could be, I don't know what to write about. I don't know what to write about the same sentence over and over for three pages. And she says there's something to pen and paper and not typing it out. um, But actually like writing it out. And, for me, it really just like slows you down. It's like really meditative. It slows you down. It offers you a m- moment to tap into your subconscious mind and see what it has to say to you. Mm-hmm. And the more you do that, it's kind of like a clearing exercise. There's an energy tool called a grounding cord that I teach, which I just usually use it as a visualization to let go of colors. So I'll be like, ground out all the red, ground out all the blue. But in that you're, it's kind of like morning pages, you're getting rid of all the clutter in there. And so that the only voice left in there is your own authenticity and your own intuition. And morning pages kind of does that like it gets rid of like all the you know, like just all the background, nonsensical noise that might feel like a big deal. But by the time you're done with it, you're like, I don't really care if I do my dishes today or not, you know, like, it's not that big of a deal. I'm not going to judge myself for it. This doesn't make me a good or a bad person. Like it gets rid of like all those little petty things. And so you can actually tune in to, Oh, I actually don't want to go on that date tonight with this person. Um, that's what this procrastination is really about. It's not about the dishes at all, you know, mm. but like we can get so distracted by all the other voices and all the other stuff. Um, So morning pages, I highly recommend that. It's just like a nice detox. And so that all that you're left with is authenticity, your light, your truth. I
0: love that. I journal, but I don't do three pages. So that might be a good improvement. Yeah, it is. And then, you talked a little bit about empath and, and being empathic. So can you talk about what that means? And also if you are empathic or you feel like you're empathic, what are some ways that you can kind of, um, you know, block, block the bad juju. (laughs) Oh, I love all of this. Okay. Um,
1: so going back to the grounding cord exercise where I have people ground out colors, There's all these free downloads on my website, nirvana.com. There's a resources tab. And part of that resources tab is, um, free meditation downloads and all of those downloads uh, use, um, visualization as way of honing that visualization muscle so that you can receive psychic information in the form of imagery. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they're also just really helpful and the grounding cord will help you detox. Like each of the tools is helpful in honing your intuition in different ways. Um, and then on that same site is this thing called a separation tool so that you can block it. Also under the resources tab is our YouTube channel. And I have a whole blocking bad five series oh. <laughs> YouTube channel for this. And I just posted a blog post on this Our Tim, um, my colleague who's also a psychic uh, who works at Nirvana. He wrote this blog about psychic protection because it is, I think a lot of us are empaths. So to better answer your question, To me, what it means to be empathic is to feel it all, really, to, like, feel all the world's joy, which is really wonderful, but also to feel all the world's pain. Um, I definitely end up thinking you might be able to relate, but I cry over the world's pain more. I'm not in pain, personally. Like, my life is great can't remember the last time I threw myself a little pity party but like the second I walked
0: past a homeless person I'm like bawling and oh my tears. gosh I've cried because I've seen I saw some guy miss the bus and I started bawling like I <laughs> it's so bad no and, you know and it honestly I used to be really I mean this is like probably we're not going to go down this road, but I used to be really, really depressed. And my depression was really about the state of the world. I would cry myself to sleep because of all of the hunger and and the animals that were suffering and the children that were suffering and, and just you you're beside yourself and you feel like you're literally paralyzed cuz you can't Absolutely. do anything and there's probably a lot of people that can relate you know or even when a loved one is suffering you know it's it's really hard to concentrate on your daily life or your work when you're thinking of the pain that someone else is in and and physical emotional mental i mean it's just it's scary oh, yeah. in a way cuz once you open yourself up to that it like never ends. You can go on and on and on.
1: So that's why, yeah, but uh, it's also, it can be unhelpful, right? Because for me, at least I'll feel powerless and like the world is so big and there's so much pain. Who am I Mm -hmm. to be able to offer any sort of light to this? This problem is it's existed for longer than my human form has. And um, so it can be really disempowering. Like when you're at Accessing that level of pain, which I was, and it sounds like you have too, it can feel really disempowering, which is why psychic protection is necessary both to empower the self and also to be a lighthouse instead of that energy sponge. Instead of being the empath taking on the world's pain and suffering, um, proper energy tools and psychic protection will allow you to be a lighthouse Mm -hmm. and be a part of the solution instead of a part of the problem. And if you're a part of the solution, it suggests that you fully recognize there's a problem. (laughs) you're like, you're not in denial. It's not like a happy go lucky thing. It's like an activism thing, but not, not an activist. Like I'm such a victim. The society is messed up. The system's messed up, but like activist, but more of like there's hope and I'm going to be part of that hope and Mm -hmm. everything is messed up. And that's why this world needs me. And I'm going to rise into action and inspire others to rise into being the solution and into action.
0: Does that make sense? It it does. It so makes sense. And it's, it is so powerful because really we can only come and That's one of the reasons why I'm okay today. You know, I still have days where it's challenging, but knowing that I can't help anyone if I'm laying in bed like, depressed you know yeah like i can only help people if i have light shining out of me so like how do i nourish that in myself which brings me to a really um to another question which is does self-care is that an important aspect of being intuitive and and knowing your own self and and knowing kind of what steps to take and and tuning into your own psychic abilities
1: Absolutely. Um... I view myself as a clear conduit. So I'm just a messenger. Whenever I close my eyes and offer people readings, that's their energy field that I'm seeing and getting like a little sneak peek into. So I'm just revealing their own soul's messages for them. I'm just the messenger, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But if my conduit isn't clear, if I have my own shit going on and um, I'm going over my own breakup or I'm still unresolved with my childhood or this and that, then that's going to uh, fog up my clarity, it's not going to be clear vision anymore. It's going to be foggy vision and it's going to be a lot of projection. And so somebody might come to me w- through a breakup and I've just broken up and I'm like, well, <laughs> <laughs> I men are um, the worst. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't date a man ever again, <laughs> which would not be in a clear, like it wouldn't be a psychic reading. It right. would be my you know um so if i don't keep up with my self care then i lose my career then I, I i'm no longer of service to the world i'm no longer productive i'm no longer doing what i say i'm doing but instead i'm just being an empath really and just um stating the obvious like part mm-hmm. of also what i do is offer people Elevated perspective, but if I'm if I don't keep up with the self care, then I slip back into my empathic ways, and I'll just be your friend and state the obvious and be like, "You're in a lot of pain right now." <laughs>
0: <And> that's it. <laughs> You're like, um, I know, I can feel that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's <you. laughs> Let's both cry together. Let's both commiserate. Totally.
1: <laughs> self care, then I get myself to a mountaintop, and I can help others get up to that mountaintop as well.
0: Yeah. And so speaking of self-care, do people come in and ask, like, what vitamin am I deficient in or what, um, you know, how do I fix this rash or whatever? Do they come in and ask you that? More and more. And I think that's a reflection of our
1: collective and our society changing. It's a beautiful thing. When I first started doing this, um, it was a lot of um heal me, fix me, you you be my god, you do everything for me. I'll just be passive to this whole process. <laughs> and, like, you see me an hour a week, you see yourself all day, every day. <laughs> I think you have more power. I hope you have more power
0: in your life than I do in your life. Um But that's the- really interesting, just not to cut you off, but we do that with the, with doctors. Our society goes to the doctor because they're whatever's going on, and then the doctor's supposed to fix them, and we give away our bodies. We give away our power. So it's oh, it, it's very interesting that you've had that experience, too.
1: Absolutely. Well, I'm also an acupuncturist. So okay. So So my sessions will combine the in-person ones nowadays. Um, the majority of my sessions are over the phone and I will still prescribe herbs and supplements and my acupuncture background does come in. Um, but they used to be a lot more in person. I used to have my own healing center. I no longer do. I just practice out of the four seasons in New York and LA, like one week out of each month. Um, So that's changed the type of clientele I've attracted as well, Um, but also our culture and our society. And so now more and more people are coming in like, why have I done this to myself? How can I move past it. Like they're not coming in as victims. Like people mm-hmm. used to come in like, ouch, this thing hurts, make it go away and like be victims to me. Like first they were a victim to their pain and then they'd forfeit all their power and be a victim to like my help. And mm-hmm. that's not how I work. <laughs> <laughs> and, but that's not happening anymore. More and more people are coming in. Like I've somehow gotten myself into this mess and I keep hurting myself. Can you help me stop hurting myself? Mm-hmm. What should I do? What at home practices should I implement? Are, am I supplement deficient? Am I, you know, what, like they're asking for more, more personalized prescriptions for them and less, um, less of me on a pedestal helping them out, but more of me helping them help their own selves out, which is always been my mission is to help people heal themselves. But now people are coming in wanting to heal themselves, using me as a conduit in healing themselves. And I'm so grateful for
0: it. Yeah, because you can do way more with those people too, if they're willing to work with you. Got my mom always, I, my dad's a minister. So I grew up, with a lot of, um, religious stuff. But my, my mom would always say, Dora, God helps those who help themselves. And I'm like, okay, Thank you. I got to work with you God." <laughs> so True. yeah. I'm
1: constantly co-creating with the universe. Like, I think it's a little egotistical to think that you're the only one in charge. Mm-hmm. And I think it's also, um, a little egotistical to think that you're not in charge <laughs> right. at all. You yeah. know? So it's like, definitely a co-creation between you and spirit, you and the universe, you and like your business partner, you and your health coaches, whatever it might be, but it's, it's never just you. And that's, um, a beautiful
0: thing. And so speaking of egotistical, like, how do we know when we're intuitively guided, if it's our ego talking and if we should listen to our ego?
1: back to morning pages i think just detox i think oftentimes it will our ego is overly developed and glorified and um praised and reinforced so it's like um kind of like a dopamine release every time we listen to ego, like it's helped keep us alive in this consciousness and in this day and age. And so I think in the beginning it will be your ego coming through and that's totally fine because again, it has kept you alive and I'm not anti ego. It's just a nice healthy balance between ego and spirit because if it's all spirit, then, um, that's not great life skills either. Cause spirit won't get you fed. It won't get your bills paid, you know? Um, but if there is a healthy balance of both, like, so going back to psychic protection, if you have an ego that suggests this is where I end and the world begins, then you would want psychic protection. But if there's no ego and it's like, I am of this world, I am, I belong to this world type of thing. Then there's no need for psychic protection. Um, Mm. if that makes sense, you know? So it's, a confused, it's like a little bit confusing, but, um, there, there's a healthy balance of self versus others and this understanding of interdependence. And we are in fact, all in this together, but also we are all in this together. So take accountability for your part, if that makes sense, Mm -hmm. like don't get it, but like rise to the occasion. Um, I lost myself there.
0: Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I ego. <laughs> ego. I, I was just curious because I, I mean, you know, we could talk about ego probably for the next three days because it's such a interesting subject and so many people have written about it. And I mean, it's just the concept of it. And I think a lot of people have a different um, opinion and view of what role the ego plays. But just lately, personally, I've just been really reading and like listening to a lot of different people speak about the ego. And it's just you know, as far as our intuition goes to trying to figure out how much of the ego we want to cater to. So that's kind of the one, one of the things I'm interested in is when we're thinking of our psychic, our psychic, our own psychic abilities, or even when we're talking to you and, and listening to what you have to offer, how much of that does relate to our ego. And I guess it depends on what the subject matter is too, because if we're talking about your career, something that you need to pay the bills with, well, it might be more of an issue than if you're talking about something else, like maybe a relationship, something like that.
1: Right. And, um, I do think our initial introduction to spirit or to our own intuition and our own spirit might be facilitated by ego. So like if you're doing morning pages or a journaling exercise, the first few paragraphs might be more of your mind chatter, and then it might slip into ego. And we learn through contrast. So sometimes again, hindsight's 2020. So it might be, um, it might be like witnessing yourself in the week's conversations or the week's actions or behaviors, events, and being like, that was all ego. That was all spirit. That was all Mm -hmm. ego. That was all spirit, you know, and then knowing what worked, what didn't work and how to do more of what worked and do less of what didn't work. Mm -hmm. You know,
0: I like that. Yeah. (laughs) I think sometimes it is, there is too much ego, but then sometimes it is too much spirit too, because it's easy to check out and just avoid, dealing with things or taking action. And so there is a bit of ego needed as well. I think in a lot of cases,
1: like your mom said, God helps those who help themselves. Absolutely. But if you don't have ego, like
0: you're not going to help yourself. Mm -hmm. And so you can't help spirit out either. You know, I like that. Let's talk about acupuncture because you are an acupuncturist. So how does that play into this, into the healing component and into the psychic component?
1: It just offers it, greater depth and dimension I was a professional clairvoyant first and then I went into act right I was like (laughs) pre-dental and after understanding that I can create a career by being a professional psychic I was like well that's way more weird than being an acupuncturist so I might as well and I was always drawn to acupuncture my initial um exposure to acupuncture was while I was pre-dental working for like this double blind, um, study that used dental extractions, teeth extractions. We were pulling teeth, um, as a predictable form of pain and using acupuncture as an alternate form of anesthesia. So half the people got acupuncture, half the people got local injections and nobody felt pain. And and I was part of the dentist, but I'd find myself gravitating towards the acupuncturist and asking them all my questions, and like following them to their car. <laughs> That's how you know. Right? But still in denial, and still like, nope. I've got to, I've, I've got to be practical here and be honest. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so. My initial exposure to acupuncture, or once I started acupuncture school, for me, it all made sense. Like, they, it just offered language to something that I was already experiencing. And, um, like, the yin, the yang, like, there's a lot in um, five element acupuncture theory. It's so beautiful, first off, and so poetic. And it's so Eastern in its understanding of life being all about relationships rather than independent things, but it's not these independent things. It's how they relate to each other. It looks at the body as a whole and a system. So it's like my right arm isn't independent of the rest of the body. Like if my heart starts pump, stops pumping my right arm's gone, you know? And so it's, um, it's really beautiful. It's really, I loved it, but it, for me, it felt more like remembering everything that I knew and, and offering language to something that I'd already experientially understood. um, And so it was really easy. It was like school was really easy for me. Understanding the concepts was really easy for me. And the second I graduated, I always blended the two. And what acupuncture offered me is what I still do, especially with the phone sessions, is kind of like wherever I can't help psychically. So psychically, I can move around chi. I can move energy. Um, and that's also I took like this three year long medical qigong course that just reinforced everything that I already knew psychically and was like, Oh, this is just a different language to this other practice that I have been doing for a decade now. It's, it's all cool.
0: It's so amazing how globally it all. Isn't it <laughs> crazy? Like, it's so interesting. Even just different schools of thought that like had no idea the other things were going on. Like thousands of years ago, we're still taught like the chakras, you know, those are, those are, like across the board.
1: I know. I love it.
0: It's it, amazing oh, like, thinking
1: about it. Yeah, I love it. So that's how I view acupuncture is it's just another layer of this understanding of truth. And now um because the majority of my sessions are virtual, I'll more prescribe herbs, but it in New York, I still practice the acupuncture. It's like half my sessions are just readings with essential oils. Also I'll prescribe people essential oils. I'll be like, Oh, for you, um, to help with your digestion or whatever, apply peppermint oil to like your outside elbow. And that's because of knowing the acupuncture points and the meridians. So it's only, I'm all about people healing themselves again. So it's only helped me help people heal themselves through knowing the points, the meridians and what herbs and oils to use with correlating, um, signs and symptoms. Yeah. I still get to like the root cause of things through. It's really like the psychic tool that I use. That's more developed for me than my acupuncture muscles. So I still use my psychic abilities to get to the root cause, whereas acupuncture is some there's some acupuncturists that are amazing, and they'll just look at your tongue. And oh tell my your, god,
0: I Wait. had that experience when I I lived in L. A. for a long time, and I had a amazing acupuncturist named Juan Jill. She's still out there. She's amazing. She would literally like put her two fingers on your pulse on your wrist, and then she'd be like, "Oh, you fell on your knees." from off a bike when you were eight years old and yeah. you like had a heartbreak at 13 and like she, it was just crazy. Like she'd never met you before. She could do that. And it was just nuts. I mean, she yeah. like, Oh my God, blew my mind. I was like, you know, those people, we were just like, energy is real. Energy is real. Cause she just that had
1: absolutely. it. That was like all my professors. Like when I went to Hogwarts, I mean, <laughs> <just> the- yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> It was nuts and I loved it, but I haven't, I can't do that through pulse reading or tongue diagnosis yeah. like those ancient acupuncturists can, but luckily I had my psychic abilities already
0: yeah,
1: honed by the time I started acupuncture school. So I'll still use my psychic stuff to get to that. Um, and then I'll use the acupuncture to case manage.
0: Yeah. That's so cool. Oh my gosh. I mean,
1: It's so cool. That's it's so cool. Fantastic
0: yeah and it it. must be really just neat because you know finding resources like that and then you have people that you love like i feel like health is the greatest gift you can give to people like there really is no better i mean not just physical health mental health spiritual health but to have that as as a resource for the people you love and care about that's just beautiful that's so cool It's amazing. Yeah. Yay. So I have a question because one of the things that you do is you help to download Akashic Records. What Mm -hmm. are the Akashic Records? I love this. And I love that
1: you knew that. Um, Akashic Records are records of everything and anything your soul's ever experienced. And so they kind of um, are like past lives. We call them past lives, but really if time and space don't exist and it's all relative (laughs) and coexisting, um, Akashic Records suggest that they're records of anything past, future, present, and they all exist in each individual's room of records, which exists in like kind of this uh, esoteric library called the Hall of Records. (laughs) And so I'll teach people how to tap into their Akashic records for if there's something that they need to heal up, or I use them more frequently for if there's if we've all experienced it all, I believe we've all been around for hundreds and hundreds of lifetimes, if not more. And so chances are we've all experienced a little bit of everything. We've all been, you know, both genders, we've or something in between. We've all, you know, just to, like we've been in powers of like in positions of power, positions of lack of power, all of it. And so I'll use the Akashic records to help people remember stuff. So I had a good example. Well, I'll give you an example for when I was in school, I was having a hard time learning my herbs. Like I couldn't commit them to memory. Like I just, I'd see the herb, I'd like touch it, smell it, feel it, I'd ingest it, and then I'd forget it, all its medical problems. <laughs> <laughs> and I just could not get it. And so I went into my Akashic records and found a record where I was a farmer and in charge of all these crops that I unintentionally, but still destroyed. And so I killed all my people basically like I unintentionally was responsible for all this malnourishment and starvation of people that I loved. And so from then, I had this record in me that was like, don't touch herbs, don't touch plants. I'll also, um, I didn't realize the synchronicity at that time. But again, hindsight's twenty twenty. Also, I didn't have a green thumb at the time either. Like, I would buy plants just to kill them. Like, I couldn't keep anything alive. So I healed this Akashic record, and I more, like, downloaded myself with... Before that one mistake, you were a really prosperous farmer and responsible for keeping everyone alive. And let's go back to that and remembering all your gifts. And that was the exception to the rule. It was like a big one, but, um, I was still so traumatized by killing all these people. Like I I didn't like murder them, but I unintentionally did. I was responsible for their lack of food. And so, um, healed up that record, but also downloaded myself with that prosperous farmer experience and memory. And suddenly I was able to learn herbs. I was able to remember them. And consequently, like I I have so many plants now and they just are alive and thriving. And (laughs) like, I haven't like learned anything about keeping plants alive, (laughs) but they all live
0: now. It's crazy. Oh my gosh. (laughs) My mind is like, alone. I'm like speechless right now. It's
1: fun. And recently like one of the more recent records I read was um, somebody had all this fear and anxiety. She was leaving the corporate structure and starting her own business um, and she was just terrified and she's like, I've never done this before. I've never been an entrepreneur before. I've never, you know, and like I, she'd already followed the safe path and she knew it and that's why she was breaking out of it. But she was like, what if I fa-? Like natural fears and anxieties to come with such a huge leap of faith but we looked into i downloaded her with three akashic records of when she was a really successful entrepreneur and how good it felt and what a natural fit it was and just like so that her body could remember it so this wasn't new and it was like a walk in the park and so that's how i'll like use them in treatment is you've done this before this is nothing you got this you know and i'll download people with that
0: oh that's so cool So how would someone, I mean, if they were to want to kind of tune into like maybe their Akashic records or their past lives, is that something that they can tune into like as far as remembering certain experiences? You said morning pages is a good way to kind of start maybe tuning into that. If you were to start writing, do you think those things would come up?
1: With focus and intention, I would imagine, um... It is, I would suggest, uh, having a professional overlooking it. Like I would suggest having a, at least in the beginning, a skilled practitioner to just kind of like offer you some feedback with, I'm seeing that in your records as well. Or because, um, it's all, it's all there, but our subconscious mind is something like eighty times more powerful than the conscious mind do you know this figure? Hey, I think? think it's like seventy or eighty it's
0: pretty it might even be more honestly it might even be ninety or something
1: I think that so it's nuts but our subconscious mind is just so powerful and can totally trick us and make us believe that it's our intuition or that it is our um Our self, our highest self looking Uh out for us, but it's just subconscious programming from all the controls. There's, yeah, there's ego right there. Uh Uh-huh. So, um... That's where, at least in the beginning, again, you're the expert in you, and I totally believe that everyone can be their own healer, their own witch doctor, their own everything. Um, But at least in the beginning, a good teacher is nice to offer you that feedback of, like, yeah, that's totally what I'm seeing, too, and you're totally healing yourself, or um, I don't know
0: about (laughs) (laughs) this. Well, that's the thing, too, because I've heard that with spirit guides. So people want to know about their spirit guides and channeling. A lot of people want to channel And then I was hearing, I was hearing Paul Selleck talk. He's a, he's a channeler and, and he was like, I don't know if you really want this gig because you're not just hearing one channel. You're constantly hearing all these messages. And just because you're hearing these messages or something like you have to use discernment. And so that's why it's good to have a guide as well to really guide you and know whether that's a positive thing or if it's not necessarily a positive thing
1: positive or accurate, beneficial, harmful. And then I think once you've developed the muscle, you don't need that teacher anymore. You know, it's like training wheels. Like I think in the beginning, some training wheels and feedback is
0: really helpful, but once you're in alignment,
1: you're in alignment and um,
0: yeah. Interesting. And so as far as spirit guides go, do people have like a spirit guide? Do they have more than one spirit guide? What does that look like? I
1: believe that we all have more than one spirit guide. I think there's usually one slash one to three Mm -hmm. um, that have been with us our entire lives. And then we have guides that come and go throughout, you know, like a guide that's assigned to trauma. So every time we experience trauma, there might be a guide that swoops in, helps us through that time and then leaves, like just come in as needed, um, guides that are dealt that deal with heartbreak. And so like, they'll just come in as needed and then leave as needed. Um, but yeah, usually there's quite a committee. And I, this is where if people knew how many spirits are rooting for them and on their team and totally have their back, it's, it's really moving. It's really, really touching. That's
0: so cool. I know it's crazy because so I meditate in the morning and then I pray like, that's kind of my, I have like a whole drawn out long ass morning routine Um, And it just gets longer with every interview I do because I'm like, oh, I got to add that in. That's so cool. So, but like my list of people that I'm like talking to now is just ridiculous. Like, you know, I just like one after the other and I have to go through all my angels and all my spirit guides and all my ancestors. And like, God, it's like a half an hour prayer, you know? So, I mean, it's great because it's meditating and it's, it's, you know, a beautiful experience for me every morning. So I get to connect to all these different guides, but Yeah, it's pretty cool how many people are are out there listening and and supporting and, or not people, but spiritual entities.
1: Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. My support guides. Also, when you're going through as much spiritual ascension and personal growth, it can be lonely and isolating, um, especially if you're an empath. So myself as an empath, I didn't realize that I was like, creating homes for everybody to exist in my body. But me, <laughs> like, yeah. like my brother's suffering. Let me put him in my heart and my mom's suffering and my high school bestie. And like, just basically everyone was in my temple, but me. Um, and then after clearing all of them out, it can feel really lonely and isolating if there, if your body is used to like a party in there, you know, <laughs> <laughs> where my spirit guides came in and really, buffered that and managed that so that it wasn't a party inside of me anymore, which is a good thing, but there was still a party going on outside of me that I could elect to join or not join, but they were consistent and always there and always had my back and led me to friends that were more energetically responsible that I wouldn't feel inclined to
0: mm-hmm. start housing. You know, it was great. That's, There's yeah, great that's really good. Yeah. I, I think that that's, I mean, something to think about too is like if you are an empath and whether or not you're an empath, I think we still kind of receive that energy. So, you know, attracting and trying to put yourself in like positive situations with positive people or not even positive, but just healthy people. Mm -hmm. So gosh, I have like 20,000 more questions, but we're just going to get to this, (laughs) (laughs) this question. So what are your top three beauty biohacks? Ooh,
1: I love this. Sleep is the first that comes to mind. Sleep is number one, and it's the number – I cannot stress the importance of sleep enough. Like, I've had so many clients trying to lose weight, and I'm like, once you sleep, it'll all come off. (laughs) And they're like, no, I need to work out more. I need to eat less. And I'm like, or try sleeping. Uh, (laughs) Especially in New York, we're all, like, workaholics and amped up on, like, coffee if
0: not cocaine. (laughs) Or both. You never know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) the last thing people want to hear is sleep because it's like such a productivity based and it helps you be more productive too it's a beauty hack it's like a life hack but sleep sleep is like my number one beauty hack um self-expression I really think like when you're expressing your own personal truth and when you feel fully self-expressed you're Brilliance, your light just shines through, and your light's such a—it's ma- so magnetic. Like I think that's what most people are drawn to is like that unique, quoi you know, like that. <laughs> yeah. If- like perfect symmetry it's not like the eyebrows or this like it's just like she's got something that I can't put my finger on and I think self-expression enhances that and I think that's it comes back to morning pages that's an opportunity for you to express yourself but your subconscious mind is always listening so it's also an opportunity for you to hear yourself and reinforce that habit of self-expression and authenticity in a beautiful way um Okay. And I do have a dog. And so he comes to mind with (laughs) the third beauty hack is probably nature and just, um, putting things in perspective. He has changed my life. I've had him for four years now. And again, I do primarily live in New York. I do, I'm between New York and LA, but, um, I, when I first got him, I was only in New York and, um, I said he changed my relationship with New York like all the time, but it's really, he changed my relationship with myself. So walking down the street with him, he's also adorable, but people would just like smile and be friendly. Like New Yorkers who have someplace to go (laughs) at all times would like pause a little bit and smile. And suddenly like I'm making friends with my neighbors. I've been in this neighborhood. I don't know. (laughs) but Now I know everyone's name and like, people became more beautiful to me. So I'm imagining I became more beautiful to them, but it's the commuting with nature. It's slowing down. It's like absorbing and observing your environment rather than, um, being so narrow minded and focused and on a mission. Like we're not robots, we're not machines. And maybe I'm speaking to a specific demographic with this third tool, but, um, at least the people that i've been exposed to we tend to get so narrow minded and focused on where we're going and what we're doing and how important we are and how this one thing just you know makes us so self important that it really takes away from our humanity and our ability to be beautiful and to i think when i think of beauty i think alluring and like i just want to pet you like i just want to
0: like yeah
1: out and touch beautiful people. You're like enamored by them. And, um, my dog has done that, but I, like, I'm a lot more, I feel like I'm a lot more beautiful because of him. Cause I actually take time to cater to these beautiful relationships that are available to me and they're available to everyone. It's just, we're usually in too much of a hurry to notice them.
0: Mm-hmm. That's yeah. awesome. I love that. That's actually, that's such a great answer because it's true. Something like that, like nature, or even your dog, gets you out of yourself for just a second. And just, we're here to experience. We're not just here to work. We're here to actually experience life. That's the whole point. Like, <laughs>
1: right? Yeah. I'm going to misquote. It's either Buddha or the Dalai Lama or somebody who was misquoted on <laughs> one moment that I read. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, And it might have been... I'm going to misquote it, but somebody <laughs> once upon a time said, in your pursuit of happiness, stop and be happy. Like, something along, like, in your pursuit of peace, like, yeah. just stop and be peaceful. Like, yeah. just chill. Like, it's, everything is fine. <laughs> and it's, like, my dog had to remind me that everything's fine, and now I'm a little bit more peaceful on account of it, but everything was fine before I had him. I just didn't know it because I was so caught up in the grind, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And where can people find you?
1: The website is nurvana.com. My last name is Noor and U U R, And so Noor, it's actually Farsi. I'm Iranian mm-hmm. and it means light and Nirvana. Um, nirvana is um, seeing the light in the thickness of the forest. Wait, I'm going to do that. I haven't like looked at the term in a decade. <laughs> I haven't had to explain this in so long. Nirvana is transcendence, right? Like it's when y- you get past all the pain and the suffering and then Nirvana is to bring light to the pain and the suffering, um, or my take on it. So anyway, nirvana.com and everything's there. There's an events page if you want to join a live workshop. The telecourse is there if you want to join the telecourse and then uh, there's a book now button if you want to book a session.
0: And what is your personal definition of beauty? Ooh, I mean, the first
1: word that comes to mind is self-expression. So I guess I'm on a self-expression kick, but I'm thinking of, um, I'm thinking of a few people that I find really striking and it's really because they don't look like anyone else and they're really, they really embodied their own selves they're really fully self-expressed so authenticity authenticity
0: i love it yeah yeah well thank you so much for being on the show and for sharing your amazing gifts and wisdom and energy you're awesome you're awesome dora thank you so much for providing the
1: show our world is in great need of it so thank you for the service that you're offering us
0: all yay thank Thank you. you Yay. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and for enjoying it with me because I got to tell you, this was such a cool episode for me to do, exploring something so new and different and yet getting so much out of it. I feel really excited to explore this more with you and with Dr. Noor as well. Um, If you liked it, please share it. Please share it with your friends and your family and the strangers on the street. You know we talk to strangers all the time now. Share it with your Uber driver. Share it with your Lyft driver. I did that this whole weekend. I went on a trip with my sisters to San Diego, and I literally told every single Uber driver about my podcast. So um, who knows? Maybe they'll love it. I hope you love it. I hope that you're sharing it with people and please subscribe. If you haven't, please encourage other people to subscribe. It would mean the world to me. And also please leave a review. If you get a chance, just scroll down and rate it. Hopefully five stars and give me feedback, connect with me on Instagram or through my website. And you can also subscribe to my newsletter on my website www.biohackyourbeauty.com. I hope to hear from you. I hope to connect with you and I want to hear your feedback. Thank you for being on this amazing, exciting journey with me. Have a beautiful week.